Have you ever noticed in children how uh, so easily they're able to turn almost everything into a game? They're able to find joy in all sorts of things, or actually smart parents are able to do that too, where they get their kids to do everything by turning, their, by turning everything they're doing into a game. Okay, let's, let's play a game. Let's see who can stay quiet for the longest. All right, let's play a game. Let's see who can tidy up the room the quickest. Okay, let's play a game. Let's see who can get our jackets and our boots on and out into the car as quick as possible. All right, let's, all right. And it kind of works, I think, up until we're about four. Then we get, then we get smart and rebellious. But to turn everything into a game, to find joy in everything. And they're, they're generally able to do that. You see, like uh, even in some of the, the, the summer camps that we do, and we're inventing games and activities that they can do, you know? And all sorts of imagination, all sorts of research, all sorts of resources, all sorts of planning. But then when you get there, all they want is a football. A football, and you can entertain 60 of them at one football. They'd all just run around chasing, oh, the whole lot of them, the whole 60 of them, chasing this one football, like a little swarm, you know? <laughs> um, and they're happy out. They're able to find joy in the simplest of things. My goodness, what happens to us? What happens to us, you know what I mean? What happens to us when we start growing up? And suddenly we find joy in, in, in fewer and fewer things. And then eventually <clears throat> it can happen that almost everything becomes laborious and everything becomes a task and everything becomes just another form of work. You know, everything just can seem to, to lose that, that joy and that... that, that fascination and that enthusiasm and everything is just another thing that needs to be ticked off my box and off my list and it's just life can begin to lose all that all that 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 childlike joy that we once had jesus came into a village and a woman named martha welcomed him into her house and she had a sister called mary who sat down at the lord's feet and listened to him speaking martha was distracted by all the serving she's busy she's got a lot to do and she wants to, what she's doing isn't bad. She's serving, like, she's not busy doing her makeup or busy, you know, updating her Insta profile or something useless like that. She's, uh, she's busy serving. She's doing something useful. So what she's doing isn't wrong. What she's doing isn't sinful. What she's doing isn't a waste of time. <clears throat> Martha, distracted by all the serving, says, Lord, do you not care that my sister is leaving me to do all the work by myself. Tell her to help me. So again, Martha, Martha, she, she's not doing something bad here, but there's a wee bit of a, a tendency to want control in there, right? Lord, tell her to help me. <laughs> tell her to help me. Lord, get her to do what I want. So I want a certain amount of control over her, but I want you to do it for me. Uh, probably a more common, dare I call it temptation, a more common uh, desire in us than we might realize, the desire to actually want to be able to control others, that they will do what we want. Maybe even to get Jesus to do that for us. Lord, get them to do this for me. Okay, it, can be, it can happen in relationships, it can very much happen in marriage too, uh, where you want to control your spouse or maybe your children uh, or vice versa. They want to control you. So, again, what she's doing, per se, her work isn't wrong, bad, or sinful in any way. Getting Jesus 
to try and control another person for her, that's not maybe the best thing to know. The woman is a saint, by the way, Martha. It's Saint Martha's Feast Day, just if that isn't clear today. So she, she, she's, not, she's not bad at all. But I think it, it's, it's, it is interesting to look at this gospel and, and learn, or maybe see if we can see ourselves in, in either Mary or Martha and see are we getting the balance right. So Mary is at the Lord's feet. Listening. Martha, Martha, says Jesus, you worry and fret about so many things. You worry and fret about so many things. And yet, few are needed. Indeed, only, only one. Only one thing is necessary. Only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen the better part, and it's not to be taken from her. Do you worry and fret about many things? Are the, is the Lord directing those words to you? Are you worried about your past? Are you worried about the pain and the hurt and the rejection and the challenges, the failures of the past? Are you, are you worried and fretting about them? At the present then, or in the present, your present situation, uh, are, you, are you feeling restless about where you are? Is it this kind of desire to just want to be somewhere else or be with someone else or be, uh, have another job? I mean, is there a, a, a continuous restlessness in the now so that we're never actually present where we physically are, but our heart is always somewhere else? And are we looking towards the future with, with fear? Are we looking towards the future maybe even a little hopeless? You know, things have been, if things have gone this way in my past, if these problems have arisen in my past, well, sure, what are we to expect, but more of the same. So we're looking towards the future with no great hope, with no great joy, and to be honest, maybe with no great faith that things will be any different. Do we worry and fret about many things? I think we probably do. We probably do. So if we, we get bogged down into this Martha-like way of living, and as I say, the woman did become a saint, so uh, she's okay. But uh, this, this, this gospel, I think, does highlight to us where some of our weaknesses may be. If I'm worrying and fretting, if I'm worrying and fretting about the past, if that's conditioning how I'm living the present, and if that has taken away my, my hope, my joy for the future, if I'm looking towards the future, with, well, sure, I guess we'll just have to tolerate it. If I've completely lost that childlike joy that I used to have when I had a stick or a ball or a bucket of water or mud and making little figures out of it or a little dollhouse or whatever it was that you used to play with, something simple that used to give you joy. If that is completely gone, we've, we've, we've lost something. We've lost something that we need back. Only one thing is necessary. And the Lord wants to, to give us what is necessary. Ultimately, the only thing that's necessary is him being with him but along with being with him he can give us what we need he can make up for what we lack he can fulfill our every desire he can he wants to he wants to 
we should not be looking towards the future hopeless. We should not be looking towards the future, just kind of tolerating it and dragging ourselves through. We should be looking towards the future, excited at what the Lord is going to do. Excited for how the Lord is going to bless me. Excited for the future that he has in store for me, which is a future full of hope and joy and fulfillment and ultimately heaven. What the Lord has planned for me is good. We can't allow the enemy to steal that hope from us. We can't allow the bad experiences of our past to rob us of hope and to rob us of, of a, a, a future which can be full of so many beautiful things. I've seen young people pass through here and the way their lives have changed and where their futures are going to go, where some of them have gone already quite quickly and beautiful relationships and careers and healing and marriages and babies and the whole lot. Situations, things that, that, that they would never, never have thought possible three, four, five years ago. Just this morning as we were praying the rosary, uh, Anya passed the microphone back to Mary. Uh, Mary was a teacher in Anya's school a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, not a few years ago. And um, I remember visiting their school to do uh, school retreat and I heard that they had started a rosary club during the lunch break now that's courageous for anyone you know there was, there was the Terran Hogan's and, and only there they started this, this rosary group was it once a week? once a week so they invite students to come to pray the rosary at lunch break in a secondary school in Ireland right like that takes a bit of backbone for students, that takes a bit of backbone. It's, 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 mm, a bit of, it takes a bit of courage for teachers too, but particularly for them. When, you're, when, you're, when your peers are looking at you going, you pray the what? <laughs> All right? And you're inviting students to come pray the rosary. And then this morning, like, Anya hands the microphone back to Mary to pray a decade. It, it, was, just, it was a simple little thing, but for me, it was just a real, it was, it was a beautiful little action now of... Uh, the generations kind of helping each other, you know, the teacher supporting the student in, in running this, this rosary club, and now you have the, the student handing the microphone back to the teacher to, to lead a decade here in Holy Family, just a couple of years later, like. Uh, it's just, the Lord has, and that's, that's the tiniest example, like, of, of the plans that the Lord has for you, Anya, and your future and your happiness. He does. He does, absolutely, for you and for, for all of us. The Lord's plan for our happiness, it is good, and it will work. Does it mean we will have no crosses? No, it doesn't mean we will have no crosses. But it means we will always have sufficient grace to carry whatever comes our way. So we can look to the future with hope. We must look to the future with hope. If we don't, we're going to get dragged down. And we won't be, we won't be capable of being anyway missionary. We won't be disciples of the Lord because we'll be as miserable as everybody else. We need that hope. We must hold on to hope, which isn't naive. If we look at our past and we look at the Lord's track record and look at what he has done and how he has blessed us. He has not left us alone in the past. He will not leave us alone now. We can and we must look to the future with hope. Because only one thing is necessary and that one thing we already have. 
All of you are here because you have faith. All of you are here because you know the Lord and you want a deeper relationship with him and you want to let him in in order that you can be healed. You have the Lord already. Let us learn to sit at his feet. Let us learn to listen to him. Let us learn to be guided by him. Let us allow him to heal our hearts. Let us allow him to fill us with hope and with joy for the future. Only one thing is necessary, and it's you, Lord. Amen.